here's the plan. We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Grass and Gear podcast. I'm FN Grasshopper and as ever I'm joined by my illustrious co-host Daniel Gear of Bolivia fame. Say hi Dan. Hi Tony, how are you? I'm good. Um, obviously gone through the roller coaster of uh, Belgium 3, Japan 2. Literally seconds ago it ended. Um, so half of me has died. Um, I don't know how you feel, but I feel awful really for Hero mainly. Well, I just, at 2 0 up, I, I generally thought that it would be going to play Brazil. Hero would be over the moon. You know, um, yeah. celebrating you know, Japan to go on to win the World Cup. Your prediction comes true. Yep. And um, it would be coming home to the Far East. Yep, I, th- I think obviously two 0 up. I was looking like an oracle because on the Japan pod I did say that Japan would go on to win uh, the World Cup. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, really. Pod doing a pod straight after all that emotion. Um, I've also started on uh, Heroes P forty five. So yeah, he's gone straight away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but welcome you know, back, Pedro. Well, we'd have to find Pedro because he's gone AUL as well after Spain yeah. have gone out. <laughs> so he's not answering his phone or anything. So we actually have we have no social media presence at the moment. <laughs> well, maybe we get someone like Samo in. Mm, yeah, if maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's episode is blind date. Um, we're going to help Dan find a, a to make a transfer really. So we're, we're going to cover the the subject area of transfers and clauses that go into perhaps buying and obviously offering contracts. Um, is that all right of you, Dan? Yeah, it's perfect. Got some questions for that, so that's good. Um, and then once we've done that, just remind me, Dan, on the outro, we need to mention about our fan day. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It'll be a brilliant yeah. day out. Yeah. Okay, so usuals, um, I reckon we need to do the beer opening. Yeah. I got cider tonight, so I've got um, oh. Thatcher's Hayes Cloudy Somerset Cider. Okay, um, I'm not, not going to lie. It's not my first. <laughs> I, f- I think the World Cup has kind of ruined that plan, didn't it? Um, <laughs> I've gone for Asahi for Hero, so this is going to, you know, this is, I'm drinking the tears of Hero right now. I think. <laughs> okay, when, ready when you are. Yoshimoto. <laughs> okay, so Dan, um, blind date. We've got three contestants coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to mention their names today because I'm in hope of getting a, an, an FM share. Yeah. So we we can't mention player names. Okay. That's, that's fine. So I'm only going to refer to the players as our first contestant is Young Starlet. Uh, then we have MVP, most valuable player. And then we have, lastly, the elder statesman of the group. So, three players coming in, and and are, you know, ready ready to answer some of your questions you've got for them. So, mm. I should just mention today's prize for those listeners is a one-off flight to Kashim Pasha to play in the Turkish league, um, where you can eat kebab with Dan, dream of being the biggest club in Istanbul, and play in a four-one-four-one um, created by FM James Pressure. Um, his tactic and we're even chucking in a grass and gear mug for the flight uh, so there's no expenses spared on this pod 
Um, so, Dan, you've got obviously three questions. Um, yeah. Discussion will come from the answers that the contestants will give. Um, so, do you just want to crack on and start? Yeah, I'll start off with the first question. Um, first question to the young starter. What will it take for your club to sell you? Okay, so I'm answering on behalf of the uh, young starlet here. Uh, I won't put on any flashy accents or anything, but um, <laughs> here is his answer. Uh, well, Daniel, I'm a big fan of the Grass and Gear podcast. I listen to you when I make it onto the reserve team bench. My club would speak high of me, though, so perhaps that would they would want to see a percentage of next sale or at least a percentage of profit of next sale in any deal. So that's the young starlet. Um so over to the MVP. Hi Daniel, I'm the star attraction. I promise goals, assists, YouTube highlight reels. My club want big money for me, but you can sweeten any deal by applying clauses such as performance bonuses like trophies or player exchanges. And lastly, the elder statesman. Daniel, I'm a Rolls Royce, but my club realizes that oldies don't last forever. They're keen to offload me for a guy of potential. For this reason, they are likely to accept a deal with minimal future clauses. May I suggest working in a guaranteed fee over six to 12 months? Hmm. So what answer do you like the most out of those? Do you want to recap on this young starlet? Well, on the young starlet, yeah. When you said a percentage of next sale or profit, um, if they want them in, I prefer to go for the percentage of the profit because I... I don't know if you've noticed, but it tends to be with um, FM18 that they always want 40% of next sale, which, yeah. is, which is a lot of money. Like if, if he's a young star, if, if he turns out how you want him to, he's going to um, hopefully make you a lot of money. Then if you're giving 40% of that away, then obviously that's a lot of the, the um, fee that you're taking in. Whereas if you get a percentage of profit for the net sale... I've managed to find that you can usually get that for about 5%, which is not that big of a cut. When you're taking all you're basically giving back is less less than the money you paid out in the first place. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You'll get, you'll get your basically your deposit back, won't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a nice, a nice thing anyway. Mm. Um, and then obviously the MVP is kind of, you know, they've gone gung-ho and they want performance bonuses. Obviously, the club wants performance bonuses for this player. So is that something you normally offer up to other clubs to say that, you know, if this player comes in and he's going to win Champions League or even, say, get to the later stages of continental competition, is that something you normally offer? Yeah, I, I like to do this. And I've noticed since I've um, let my director of football deal with it, he does it a lot, puts in performance bonuses for, like, um, how we do in the league, the Champions League, the cup and stuff. And it seems to be a good way to spread potential um fees but then you may never have to pay out yeah um well you, you mentioned player exchanges with that i've not really ever seen that to be fair i struggled to get i've tried to do it yeah i struggled to find value with player exchanges obviously you know in real life football um last transfer window obviously we had alexis sanchez and mkhitaryan swapping clubs yeah with, with no with no fee involved and you don't really get those deals in in football management, well, I don't see them anyway. No. Um, I seem to, whenever I obviously offer player exchanges, the AI club aren't interested at all. So perhaps that's somewhere where SI perhaps need to look into into that side of transfers because, you know, I guess it could become more common in football. But, um, yeah, it would be nice to see more of them, I guess. Well, I have, um, I have tried it a few times. Like if um, 
say when I at Kashin Pasha when um, say Bayern Munich came in for my top player, I've tried to get a reduced fee if they have one of like their young, not necessarily wonder kids because that's a bit um, unrealistic that you can come, but like a potential four star young player they've got him. But they seem yeah. to value them more than my first team player. Right. <laughs> so, like, because if you try and buy these players, they always come back like 120 million, don't they? Yeah. So, so like, there's <laughs> me trying to get not 5 million off 30 million to yeah. get this player in. And when you actually look at buying him, they want 120 million. So, it, the whole AI valuation thing is it, a bit hard to deal with in that way. So, I, I, do, I can't really say I see many people in the community say they've managed to do player exchanges either. No. We maybe need to keep another eye on that for that. But it'd be interesting to, if any of our tens of followers um, or listeners can just tweet in if they've ever had an exchange, um, we'll be sure to pass it on to the um, review department. Mm-hmm. Um, so the elder statesman has obviously come back and said that you know his club aren't really interested in any clauses future, which makes sense. They, yeah. they're you know they're, they're looking to just have money up front. So. Obviously, the statement suggested over six or 12 months, and what you can do now in FM18 is stagger that in terms of instalments, yeah, um, which is really nice. And mm. to be fair, um, that's, an, that's a clause I'm always adding in, um, really, to just monitor the cash flow to make sure it comes out in the budgets for future windows. Um, yeah, I don't know about you. There needs to be like an old sort of um, bug almost that you need to be able to put every deal over 48 months, but... If you didn't have the success, it would um, have a knock-on effect. But I, yeah. do, I do think, like, especially with like uh, elder statesmen, if they want five million, you could pay two million up front in three over the next twelve months. That's realistically quite a good way of doing it. But it's a short-term purchase most of the time, so it's quite a good way of getting a player in and not not actually yeah. spending it all out at once. I think these kind of clauses, those ones in particular, are when you first start a save and money's really tight and there's not much leeway in the budget. You do, you know, you, you, by doing maybe three or four of those kind of deals, you get that extra person that can make a difference for the league campaign, etc. Yeah. So starting out, that I think it's, it's critical. So it's, it's always my go-to um, when when transfer dealing, really. Yeah, I always make sure that I've actually got the money to spend because you can. I know if some people do it before in the past. They've only got a bank balance of ten million, but they agree a deal of forty-five million with all the add-ons. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's just sort of like, okay, it works, but it's not really realistic. You wouldn't have ten million in your bank and commit to a forty-five million fee. So if I had ten million, I'd be looking at maybe, like I said, five million, like five million. You want two million up front for you over twelve months, so you've actually got the money to spend. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble to take it out with your future balance, and also as you get more successful bigger club you want that money in the future so if you go and spend it all on now unless you're getting that money back by selling those players on for a higher fee you're just potentially spending the money you would have in the future if that makes sense yeah I was, I was going to say really has that happened yet in Cash and Pasha with the success or well, are you still in the early stages to be fair at Cash and Pasha a lot of the deals I've done is just money up front because we've been quite lucky with um, selling players on for a bigger fee I've I've got quite a big bank balance. I think at last count it was like 146 million. Okay. So um, I have been just paying cash up front until I let my director of football start doing the transfers after we spoke to Oliver Jensen on here and he has started spreading it out a bit more because I do like to very much only spend what I've got and I don't feel like 
if I've got 146 million, I don't really need to spread it. I can just give them the 20 million now. Uh, you know, there's no re- reason really to spread it. Yeah. You're like Pablo Escobar just throwing away the money on zoos and stuff. <laughs> just chucking money everywhere. <laughs> okay, so I don't know from your opinion who's winning that the blind date so far out of those three answers, but um, for me, I I kind of like I like the young starlets answer about the, the percentage um, of next sales and stuff, and also the elder statesman is rolling the money over a certain amount of months forward. Um, I'm not a huge fan really of too many performance bonuses, if I'm honest, because in all likelihood you're going to have success in foot manager really once you get a settled team and you're just adding quality to it year on year it could come back to haunt you I suppose well, one thing I would say with that performance bonus is if you sell the player on I assume that they are become like obsolete because he's no longer a player for you yes it's only I believe when he's actually at the club winning under yeah. your control uh, when yeah. in the club yeah. so, so from that point of view if you think he's only going to be there for potentially two seasons and you expect him to be sold on, it could potentially be a way of getting a player in for yeah. cheaper, really. Yeah, if, nice, um, good shout. If you're not expecting to have to pay out that quick, so if you're not expecting to win the Champions League for five years and you think that player is only going to be around for two, it might be potentially a way to sweeten the deal originally yeah. and you might not end up paying for it. Nice, good shout. I do think all the clauses that we've been mentioned do have their pros and cons and it all very much depends on what you need at that point in time, what your balance is at that point in time. Yeah, and and I suppose suppose where the squad is as well at that time really yeah. in terms of competitions and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean if you if you can find a young starlet and you're happy to put a percentage of net sale in as long as you're willing to lose that money and you take that into account when you originally buy them and then like you're not looking at it when you do sell them for 50 million and you've got a 40 percent that you're losing 20 odd um 20 odd million of it because you've got that when you know you've taken out the deal that you're happy yeah. to lose that money before you agree the deal i mean if, if most times if a club has said to me they want 40 percent of next say or we've cancelled the deal because i'm not willing to lose 40 percent of any transfer fee yeah it makes a player harder to sell because you're not really making much money off him that's right, yeah. You've got to be careful, I suppose, yeah, of how much you put on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, do you want to go on to question two? I do. Um, we start off again with the young Scarlet. Um, Scarlet. That's, that's side I speak him. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, you're on about four or five now, so I'll give, yeah. it's fair enough. <laughs> what will it take to keep you happy here? Hmm, sounds very um, sensual then. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> so, the young Scarlet is, they're getting on per- personal terms with you now. Daniel, if you want to keep me happy, remember that you're signing true potential. I promise to work hard and develop my game, but I want something in return. Oi, oi. <laughs> I want a wage after reaching a certain amount of games. My agent also demands a minimum fee release clause. Okay, so the MVP. Uh, I'm not liking this guy. I want money. You are paying for the best. If I score, assist, tie my own shoelaces, I want money. I demand bonuses and appearance, goals, the lot. I want to be matched with your top earner at all times, and I will take a huge slice of percent um, if you dare to sell me on. Got that? Yeah. An elder statesman, who seems a bit of a classier guy. (laughs) Realistically, I only have two years left in my legs, but could be persuaded to make a third season. 
So for that reason, I would like a clause to extend my contract if I meet a number of games in the last season. Can you give me that? I would also like a clause to allow me to leave once I have earned my coaching budgets, should a non-playing role be offered from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So we've got a real mixture there, really, of terms of players and their positions in their careers, I guess, because you've got the young starlet there, quite ambitious and you know wants to make it. You've got an MVP there who's kind of just, you know... <laughs> I think he's trying to sap as much money from cash and pasture as possible there. Yeah. And then you've got an older guy there that's kind of like realistic in terms of his outlook and, you know, extending his career if he if he wants to and then obviously changing his career completely and going into non non plane stuff. Well that's it, I mean all the courses there make sense. Um with the youngster, you definitely I definitely always put in wage after reaching a certain amount of games. So it's almost like um, where you see that player anyway. Because if you if you see it after twenty games or whatever, you you're looking at using him for that, and it's sort of uh, um, sort of something for him to play towards, and something for you to keep an eye on. And obviously, that tempts him to come. M- yeah. Minimum release fee. I don't mind these as long as they are set a realistic fee. What I don't like is when you sign a player for four million and it's the agent wants a release clause of four point five million. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. When if if I sign in for four million, I'm looking for at least eight million. I want to double my money. I want a seven and a half if I have to, depending on what league I'm in. You know, you gotta be realistic with the money you're gonna get. I mean, I've been in Turkey for eleven seasons now. T- taking out the one deal where I got sixty nine million for one player from Man City the rest I'm lucky if I get 30 million yeah. and it, it very much played on the rep of the league and the nation so then you know when minimum release fees come in I always try and set them for roughly around 30 million because I'm sort of accepted over the years of playing so that's probably about my maximum I'm going to get that's insane it. really um, obviously Argentina kind of thing where I'm at is that you know I've been after some new gens and the agents have been demanding for really, some really low minimum fee, re- fee release yeah. clauses. So you kind of negotiate on the first clause and it goes drops right down and it's almost non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, I missed out on a really like hot new gen to Boca Juniors last no two summers ago in my save um, because basically I was signing for I was going to sign in for like two and a half million and the agent wanted kind of like a three and a half million release clause. Yeah. And it wasn't worth it and Boca actually went for it and. They've now had to sell him because Chelsea have met the clause um, for this new gen. And by the time, if you factor in the the fee that they bought him, and then all the wages and all the signing and bonuses, and then they've had to accept this minimum fee release, they've actually probably not made money at all. So yeah, it's pretty insane, really. Money. Yeah, so you just kind of like almost like a higher rental agreement of the player for about two years, and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what you've got to be careful about. It's not just about getting the player now. It's also, are you going to make money off the player? Because that's what the game's about, basically. You, from a player point of view, majority, unless you're signing like an elder statesman and you know that you're sort of throwing money away because that's what you're getting. But for youngsters especially, you're looking at that player 90% of the time, unless you're a Man United Real Madrid, that you were making money off that player. Yeah. Every youngster you sell, you need to be making much money off it if possible. So you you do have to look at things like that. If um if you can sign a player for two and a half, but the release cost is three and a half, the agent wants a million quid signing on fee. You've actually lost your 
lost money on the first day he signs. Yeah, because and I think going back to the wage as well, what you said at the start really of that opening is that you know if you offer a wage after some amount of games, if he's playing those games, he's established himself. He kind of he kind of merits that wage, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, um, just trying to move the conversation onto the MVP then. So they're they're chucking in loads of bonuses. Yeah. Which um, I'm. If a player is coming in like that, and he's going to be a first team player, and he, I, I've got no problem paying the money for him. If he's going to start every week, if he's going to be your main striker, you've yeah. got to be willing. If that's, if, especially if you want to take the next step, you've got to be willing to pay these. And sometimes they do come with ridiculous demands, but it is probably quite realistic. But do you know what I hate though? I hate that slice of percent. If you ever yeah. dare to sell me on, he, he's being a wanker there, isn't he? Too really, he's saying. And he wants all, a cut. Always, he wants a cut of the money. It's like a drug deal. It's always like ten or fifteen percent. So when you've already offered the club ten percent for yeah. so long, and then you've offered ten percent for the player, you're taking twenty percent here. And most of the time, you will probably sell him on. Not always, but majority. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I suppose also again, it depends on the club. But with me, every player's got a fee, got a price. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, I'm really reluctant to use that clause though to to give them a slice of the percentage. Mm. You don't come to Angel Bastardo and say you want, you know, the transfer deal. It doesn't happen no. <laughs> on your bike, son. <laughs> <laughs> so what what would you do in that situation then? Would you cancel the deal? <sighs> no, what I normally do is I normally negotiate that as you know, don't put that in again. Exclude from the next yeah. negotiation round. But what so I, I try I try to make that like my first move. In the negotiations, yeah. and they, obviously, you know, you know, the counter is that there's going to be more more bonuses thrown on appearances. Mm-hmm. It, it does depend on the player. Like if you if you think you're going to get a squad player in that is isn't going to, if you plan not to, yeah, if you're not going to sell him, or you're going to sell him perhaps when he's in his thirties and he's not going to get as much, yeah. it's not a problem. But if you're if you're say you're getting a a, a most valuable player. In, in his early 20s or mid 20s he's already like reaching his peak Yeah. but you, you want him for like 5-7 years you're not going to want to put that clause in because you might get an insane offer from the AI you know so it does happen I'm not seeing it in Argentina in my say even FM18 but you know I saw some insane deals um, last time out with Inter when I was FM17 so it just depends on the player I guess but that's thing I just, it's, just, it's just horrible seeing it when it comes up on the negotiations that's the thing you take every um transfer calls every player on their merits so if you're signing like a 29 year old goalkeeper and you can that's sort of coming out to PKs for a goalkeeper you probably wouldn't mind putting in a percentage of sell on because realistically when you do sell him on he's probably going to be 35 36 you're probably only going to get a million for him so yeah. if you give him him 200 grand it's not the end of the world Oh, but when you've got a 36-year-old keeper, though, you want to keep them going. This, oh, they're, gold, they're gold dust. That's it. I mean, like, I, I, I signed my goalkeeper first first season. He's still here 11 years later. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if I've given him a percentage of the um, sell-on fee because I've got no intention of selling him. Yeah. So if yeah, it's a good strategy. Like that, you probably wouldn't mind chucking it in if you got the deal over the line because you're probably never going to sell him. Yeah, but on the other hand, if it's a striker, you probably end up selling him because they're a bit harder to keep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, on to elder statesman then. So um, he's been quite realistic and honest. So you know, he thinks he's got two years, but he might have three years. So extend my contract if he meets a certain amount number of the games, which is quite a nice one. Um, 
I use that quite a lot actually in my save because I, I figure that if they if they have played let's say ten games of that last season, then they're probably likely to play a few more games. You know, yeah, they've still got enough in them. Um, so I do like that that adding that clause in. It's another it's a nice sweetener. Um, you're probably guessing from the pod that I'm actually quite a big fan of the older yeah, older yeah, guy. Definitely. So <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those clauses that it almost I, I feel kind of keeps people on. Yeah, because you know when that little die swings in the background of FM to say is this player going to retire? If they've already activated the rele- the renewal clause of the contract, yeah. it's kind of perhaps an easier decision for them to stay on. Yeah. That's my thinking anyway. So um, I like that. I don't know about you. I know you kind of like the younger guys generally. It all depends, really. Again, it, like depends on the club and that. I mean, it, I I'm finding it hard at Custom Pasha to get find players that are good enough over a certain age than what I can get at a younger age and I do think that's one thing that the game can improve on there seems to be a very rapid deterioration from like 32 onwards whereas like I, I know he's a bit of a freak of nature but you look at Ronaldo he's not getting necessarily any worse he's just adapting to his play yeah. and I, even though you have that option to um Retrain players. I know some people have done it. They've retrain players to play um, in certain roles to last a bit longer. But then you're still paying out. I don't know if you've noticed, but they still want eighty grand a week. They still want a hundred grand a week. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you can get young. You can probably get four or five youngsters in for that. With, with I, st- I still think there is some work there to be done on how how players age, um, and how that how you can get them to look like increase their career in terms of years. Yeah. I mean, Changing um, the game. Last year in Bolivia, I had a lovely 37-year-old in Gansha and he was he could have kept on going, and he was playing. He, I, one thing that annoys me was he played pretty much every game in the season, and he retired. Yeah. yeah. He, he retired because he was like, oh, I didn't see myself getting in the team, but he was playing in the team every week. He's a key player status. Yeah. And I know, it's say I had Mariana Pavone in Estudiantes in the first season, and he finished top scorer. You know... He wasn't even that old. I think he's probably thirty-four. He, he he could have done another two, two, three, four years in this, in Argentina. Yeah. And he retired, and it was kind of like, oh, pulled the heartstrings really. Like, well, why has he done that? And you just, you almost want another conversation. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Just carry <laughs> on. <laughs> You're not that old, honestly. You've got another four years in Argentina. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Um, different leagues you could play, like in real life, different leagues they could play longer. Yeah, I, I think I think the rule is already applied globally uh, you know, I might be wrong here but you know yeah in South America you do get players playing a lot longer yeah. in their careers than Europe that's it yeah okay so did you want to move on to the question three then which is the final question final question date. Um, what makes you special over the other guys here today okay so young starlet is getting more more and more saucier as he answers these questions so his answer <laughs> is Danny boy can I call you that I'm only going to get better. The guys next to me have had their days. Polish my game. <laughs> uh, let, let me learn from you, and I will be better than these guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the most valuable MVP, most valuable player. Your job is about getting results. You shouldn't have to rely on potential or guys with past glories. FM is about winning. I can do it in the match engine. No coaching needed. Put me in, and I will deliver. Uh, lots of innuendos going on here. Uh, <laughs> and the elder statesman, uh, Daniel, 
I make no secret that I'm not the player I was five years ago, but I have wisdom and the know-how. You will not need to train me, and I don't come with an ego. I will work hard to make sure the last couple of years are ones of success and maturity. So that's your answers. So the question is, really, what have you, out of all of those questions we've had and the answers we've received, who's the guy that's going to make it to Cash and Pasha and get that that year's worth of supply of kebab? <laughs> <laughs> well, at Cash and Pasha at the moment, we're going through a bit of a um, transitions phase. Okay. So I think it would be the MVP. Um, oh, right, okay. Only... So you're, just ch- you're just chucking money in there. It's getting silly, isn't it? Silly season. FM18 yeah, is almost over. Right, let's, um... win a, let's, let's win the Champions League. Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think that's unrealistic. But um... <laughs> no, I mean, the, the thing is, like I said earlier, um, with the league I'm in, the rep I'm in, I'm getting a lot of my top players poached off me. And yeah. I've got no problem with that because that, that sort of keeps the game going. But it's hard to keep the turnover of quality all the time. You could keep bringing youngsters in, but they need time to develop. You you could bring in elder statesmen in to fill the gaps, but they can't play every game. Yeah. So I mean, in my current situation at the moment, I've just gone out and I broke my transfer re- record twice in a row for a centre midfielder and a striker because that's what I need now. I've paid the fees earlier on in the save. Like when I started the save, I was getting elder statesmen in people to sort of improve us, not quicker. But to do the job now that wouldn't so it would give me time to uh, build the club. Yeah. So whilst they were playing and they were filling in, and I didn't have the money then to buy the MVPs, I could then start bringing youngsters through. It's all like um, with with FM at the moment on my save. It's all transition because you got you go through these stages depending on where you start your club. Cash and Pasha were relegation candidates and all that when I started, so it, it was short term then. Once I sort of established myself, it became about developing long-term. When these youngsters start coming through, the quality comes through, they start getting poached. But I need to maintain my success to keep... Well, I th- we probably should plug really the last week's episode, or the two weeks ago, whenever it was, when obviously Stacey came on the pod and actually gave a pretty <laughs> coherent rundown of what your save has been about. Um, so I'd refer viewers, listeners to there, really. Um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, um, it's it's all about it's all about where you are in the thing. And at, at the moment, for me, it would be the MVP. I mean, I think you're probably in a di- different station to me at the moment, where, where you are. I mean, what would you choose? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't think it would be MVP. I'm, I've I've really stuck to my guns in terms of the, the amount of money I'm ploughing into the into the playing squad in terms of their wages and also transfer fees. Um, I've still got a very good wage parity in my squad mm. and I've chucked I think Freeman and Euros is my maximum which is quite realistic I think in terms yeah. of the league I've not I've not gone mental so I, I actually have started to sign a few younger players and trying to develop them but you can't overlook really for me the older statesman trying to just you know get that older guy that just comes in either from Europe and you give him one or two years left in his studentes um, you know I had a you know I've, I've had I've had some oldies that have done really well with me um, and yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems to work for me that way. Um, that I li- I like the older guy because they have all the they have all the like the hidden attributes in the background of like you know their maturity in terms of important matches etc. Consistency. They're just developed. 
Uh, whereas, you know, with the younger guy, they kind of make the mistakes in the match engine and stuff, and they need some time to develop. Um, so, yeah, he's just kind of fine line, really. But I would probably say Elder Statesman is I would go for. Yeah. But obviously, you've you've chased the money. It's fine. <laughs> you've got to live with you've got to live with your choices. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, it all depends, I suppose, where where you are in your club at that time, yeah. where the situation is at that time, and it you'll probably throughout uh, save. You'll probably fluctuate between the three. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so there's there's some instances where you you see a, a position that is really lacking someone to yeah. grab hold of it and you know change games and stuff, and you think okay, I need a player, um, and you're gonna pay a little bit more extra money for that player um, to fill that void. Um, but no, that's good. I think I think we've chosen to play there. I was just gonna just look at the additional fees and the clauses that perhaps we haven't spoke about today. Yeah. Um, when I did it yesterday, just looking at you know, contract clauses and stuff. There's one that stood out that I've never, ever used. And I don't know if it's a recent addition to NFM or it's been there for many years, but I've just never really contemplated using it. It's probably to do with the fact that I've never recruited this kind of player. But the clause that I've never used is an injury release clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a clause which allows a player's contract to be terminated for free should they pick up a serious injury during the duration of the contract. And it's probably because I've never really signed an injury-prone player I normally look at the reports and I see injury prone it's, not, it's, not, you know, it's an immediate turn off like my penis goes completely soft straight away <laughs> well, um, it might be something to look at when you sign your elder statesman yeah no definitely yeah because you know a, a big a big injury means they won't actually ever recover properly from that yeah um, so that might be a clause I might start to use and you know it's a bit you know it's a bit harsh but you know well, I, <laughs> they, I, they come I, in I'm so I've assuming... got an Achilles injury sorry mate there's a door <laughs> <laughs> well I'm the same as you I've honestly never seen that in the game before maybe it's because we don't tend to sign players who have um, injury issues as much yeah. Yeah. maybe that's what it is I mean say you were signing Michael Owen at the end of his career you might yeah. want to put that in there because with his injury issues you might want to have that option um, definitely it's something to look at if you're going to sign those sort of players I mean I know there's a lot of people out there that don't really pay attention to the fact they're injury prone yeah, and just still sign them anyway. So maybe it's sort of like a backup. The the only thing is, I mean, I tell you what, West Ham United in real life, if they had clauses in people like Kieran Dyer's or Freddie Youngberg's contracts, yeah, uh, they they probably would have done all right, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they got stung massively with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you think with um, Jack Rodwell at Sunderland, he hadn't played a game for about four years because of injuries, and he's been on like seventy five grand a week. I didn't even think he was a real person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is there any other clauses you want to talk about while we're here, or? Um, I think it's covered. It. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of people will know about. You know, you got your salon fees, your competition bonuses, goal. I think for strikers, minimum goals is always a good one. Yeah, if, I quite yeah. like that. I don't. Know, I don't know if it actually affects the, in in terms of their ambition, but. I like pushing them on to say, you know, okay, try, try to get 25 or try to get 30. Yeah. Well, that's it. And um, you, I, I don't know if you know, but you can add multiple ones of them. So you can pay them out for after they score five, after they score 10, after they score 15. Yeah. That's no, so yeah. That, that might be a recent addition, actually. Cause, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's a re- recent addition, but you can do yeah. multiples of that. It International cap's always a good one for youngster. Yep. And uh, after they played a certain amount of international games, 
Yeah. Um, optional contract extension by the club. I always like to put that in if I got a youngster, especially if I'm getting them in on a good deal. I try and maybe pay them a little bit more to guarantee a three-year extension. So if they become good, you're not trying to scramble around and get, give them a new deal. You've got yeah. the option just to extend their current deal. I, I do use that quite often. Um, yeah. Just going back to the other one about the international caps, I yeah. can't remember what I can't remember what FM it was, but I think I had a player that had kind of he was French, but he also had like New Caledonia um, mm. eligibility, and I think I got stung massively because I gave him a really high international cap bonus, <laughs> and then he he decided to admit France and go to his kind of like colony nation, uh, and he was like raking it in. <laughs> so just be aware look at the second nationalities when you actually are given that clause just in case <laughs> the one I, I try and avoid under all circumstances is oh here we go yearly wage rise oh yeah because if you're putting in a 20, 30, 40% you'll be quick you'll be surprised how quick 3,000 goes to 30,000 yep it, it, I, I had it with one player a couple of editions ago I didn't realise to pull it in he had like a 30% yearly wage rise and within no time he was earning more than half my squad in <laughs> added together it's just one of those ones that just sort of slipped past me oh, it, yep. I, I was probably playing up, up, up late at night yeah. and it just sort of slipped past me and I, then two years later I'm looking at it thinking bloody hell he's on like 30 grand a year I am did you just start shaking deal. the bed and Stacey falls out of the bed or something? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think, that, I think that brings a good pod about transfer clauses and contract clauses. Um, yeah. Just an outro that we obviously have a fan day. I don't know if yeah, you want to expand do. on that, then. We're going to go to Bristol. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Um, yeah, so fan day, Wednesday the 18th of July. Uh, we're going to be occupying the V-Shed, which is quite... Um, Quite a prestigious venue, isn't it? Um, yeah, very prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've okayed it with them that you know we're allowed a media crew inside, so we we are allowed to film inside. Um, I've clarified a few things, such as break dancing, um, dancing on tables. That's all. It's all allowed, so it's good. That's right. So, yeah. so I, I think it should be a good night. Um, we've got a few things planned. There's an agenda to so do. Check out the Grass and Gear um, Twitter account, um, yeah. where the the agenda is kind of revealed. What we'll be doing. Um, there's some light, like flash talks, basically, like you know, 45 minutes down, dear Gary, and then you just kind of just your wisdom would just seep out through the community. It'd be it'd be joyous to see, really. Well, that's it. I'm going to make sure I have a few ciders beforehand as well to make it more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So V Shed, look out for us because we're going to be there. Um, it's going to be good. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to it. We've had a few people contact us already to say they're they're coming. Yep. So, they're crazy, um, mad for yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yes. So, any other things FM related that you've done? Have you written anything? There is one thing I want to talk about quickly. Um, one somebody who's on um, in the community um, is currently wrapped up filming a film about Barnsley Football Club in real life. It's called Daydream Believers. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's, um, Chris Johnson. He's at Random Filming. He, um, he has got his own blog in that. Um, the film's out in September, but the tickets went on sale today. <clears throat> um, they're only showing at certain cinemas. I think it's mainly around the Yorkshire area, but I don't know if any of our tens of followers are from that area. Does that mean I have to go to Yorkshire to see this? Well, I think so, yeah, that's the only thing. But I do think it's probably going to be on <laughs> DVD and stuff after. So, okay. um, But um, I will make sure that 
Pedro, whoever we get to take over the social media now, if we can lose it, keep someone does the tweet out about that. Yeah. Just to sort of give, get the word out there because it does sound good. It's about um, Barnsley's season in the Premier League, I believe. Long time ago. Oh, that like Neil Redfern kind of era. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, it was when Danny Wilson was in charge. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, so it was. Um, that's just something I wanted to give a shout out for for people to keep an eye out on. Uh, the only shout out from me is obviously myself because I did actually do a post um, actually from season six. So I've kind of like summarised, I've got to season six and a half um, and I've just summarised it in the post really. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I read that. It's a very good post again for you. Um, standard maintained as always. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> your, your five pound will be in the post soon. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. Uh, I plan to go on to anywhere eight seasons, so I think I think I've got eight seasons in me left. I oh, reckon yeah. to get to you know an extra two seasons and a half. Um, I've got a centre parks coming up next week, so hopefully I'll take my laptop if I can smuggle that in the suitcase without Mrs. Grasshopper knowing. You are a brave um, man. She's a devil. She will look, but I'll, I'm a good. <laughs> I, I hide it well. <laughs> so yeah, I think that brings the end to the pod. Yeah. Um, it's been very enjoyable. Um, yeah, enjoy the that. rest of the World Cup because I think obviously tomorrow is England, uh, yeah. well, which will be today when the pod goes out. Yeah, um, I'm shitting myself because I don't think I don't think it is coming home, even though everyone is hashtagging it. Um, well, I don't know. It could be the year. It could be the year. It could <laughs> be the year that we go out to Colombia with a Falco <laughs> tapping on 89 well, minutes. <laughs> wash, wash your prediction before we go. I actually think Colombia will win. I, I, I'd honestly think we've only beaten Panama and Tunisia in this tournament. Um, and yeah, I just think it's just it's just England, isn't it? We we just can't. I don't know. I'm really pessimistic when it comes to things like this. And obviously, Mrs. Grass will be in French. Obviously, watching them bulldoze their way against Argentina. Really, I know they conceded three goals, but still, they looked. Really, Killing Mbappe looks amazing. Um, she's very optimistic about their chances. And then I look, and it's just ah, oh, England. I don't know. I can't get motivated. Uh, well, let's see. On Wednesday morning, I might be a different person. <laughs> I actually think we're going to win 3-1. Okay. I'll I'll say we're going to lose 2-1. And I think um, Uruguay are going to beat France, but don't tell Morgan that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uruguay are always a tip for me. Uh, I, think, I think they're a good team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got a lot of warriors in there, so a lot of Big, fight. Bit of bastardo in them. Yeah, they have, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for the pod, Dan. All right, brilliant. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. Yep. All right, cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers, bye.